Hello, and welcome to the Coffee and Hustle podcast. In this episode, we're going to be discussing how COVID-19 is affecting the music industry. I'm Carla with Design by Carla, and joining me is the phenomenal, I'm saying phenomenal, fabulous singer, Remy Neal. Uh, Remy, do you want to give us a little insight about who you are and what you like to do for our industry? Yeah, my name is Remy Neal, like you just said. And I am a one-man band described as a one-man Coachella. I do art pop music. So it's pop that has a little bit more of a storyline. And I enjoy the theatrics of the music and the presentation of it just as much as making cool music as well. And I've done things from Broadway to producing to film and television. And now I'm doing music full-time, which is pretty fun ultimately my true love but now you were in uh you you were at broadway at one time right you did you actually perform or what did you end up doing so i am a part of actors equity association and through i I got that when i was 19 um and then toured the country playing an eight-year-old at the age of 19 and and uh pause Let's backtrack. <laughs> How does a 19-year-old portray to be an eight-year-old? Now, give me a little insight on that. Can you can you play that on for us here on this podcast? Yeah. So I am I am a, a shorter individual. So basically, what happened was through costuming and the magic of being so far away on stage, and then casting other people who were much taller than I am. <laughs> It created the illusion and then just creating a voice that was much higher than my own and sticking to it for 90 minutes. <laughs> that is amazing. How did that make you feel being portraying an eight-year-old on stage like that? I really didn't think about it in that sense. It was more of an exciting factor of, wow, I have my union card and I'm I'm playing the character that the title of the show is actually based on. So that's amazing. Which is really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when you, what made that transition from doing what you were currently doing to you now in the music industry? How, how did you, how how did that happen for you? Cause you, you've been playing music for very long, but everybody knows who you are. (laughs) I, so I was in New York and was kind of getting burned out on theater in general. Um, unless you're creating shows, it becomes pretty much a robot kind of mentality where you're just creating this thing and going on a track, which is even what they call it in the industry. Each character is called a track. And I broke my ankle skateboarding and had to get a series of roommates, and each one kind of taught me something new. And there was one that was terrible. He never paid rent and <laughs> and brought in a lot of, I didn't know it at the time, but like stolen food. So at least I ate. So I guess it was like a positive and a negative. And I was storing my ex's belongings. I was living in a two-floor apartment in West New York, New Jersey. And it was zoned only for, to be a one-bedroom, one-floor, and then storage. And in order to help pay rent, I brought in someone and I moved downstairs in the no window, no ventilation, boiler room storage facility. (laughs) 
And that's where all my ex's stuff was. And I went to physical therapy and came back one day and all of it was gone. And then its place was a piano. And the individual ended up moving shortly after the piano arrived and never saw them again. And started self-teaching myself how to play piano. And I realized, wow, this is, this is what I really love. This is my passion. And this excites me so much. And just kept going. And I think that isn't that an incredible feeling knowing that even when you're kind of in a kind of in a holding pattern. Yeah, because it was really not one of my best places that I've ever been in my life. I mean, I was, if I'm being perfectly honest, I was going through psychosis and doing way too many drugs in order to cope. Um, but in that process, I ended up finding out what I really needed in life and what I didn't. And it was definitely a jumping off point to discover and go a little deeper. We know uh, every time I see you, I have to say you're like the sunshine in the room. It's like, you you know, you are who you are. And it's amazing that you're just just a ball of love and just affection. Um, And you can pick that you're you can pick up that around your aura. It's like amazing to to know to see that about you um, for you to come a long way and pick up something so new. It's such a risk taker, you know, because you go in one direction and then you're in a total different direction. That's a that's got to be nerve wracking for you to constantly be creative like that. But this is natural for you. You are now in your natural element. Did you did you always know that you had this natural element or did you have to kind of discover it? So my whole life, I've really been into music growing up at the age of like three my mom has embarrassing videos of me sitting or standing on a stool with a microphone singing Tanya Tucker and I didn't really quite know words yet that I was able to match pitch and so I was just like kind of making the vowel sounds and and even now that's how I write I'll hear vowels before I'll hear a word in the form of writing but yeah, there's videos of me just singing and I played drums growing up and um, did I did play, I had a piano teacher for about three, three months or so in Coleman. I'm not going to say who it is because it's what I'm about to say next wasn't a very good story. <laughs> um, but this individual, I played by ear. I could never actually read the notes. And so the teacher got to the point where they couldn't play anymore. So I couldn't hear it to mimic it. So then I stopped because I couldn't play anymore. And clearly it was a waste of money because they weren't really teaching me how to play music. So <laughs> well, listen, I was a, I was a band nerd in school because I was a flute player and trumpet player. And all I wanted to be was a majorette. And the time that I have gotten completely, uh, involved in creating this routine and I was going to go to tryouts and I actually, I chickened out. And those are one of those things where, you know, you look back and go, gosh, I should have just done that. Yeah. I would have been a great majorette by the way. I mean, I could twirl a baton, but (laughs) here's the thing, you know, it's those that are bold enough to like take those risks that, you know, are not afraid to like step out and you've done a very great job and so you know because you what have you been playing music for how long now since what 2018 you got what is it uh you you know you did your debut 
uh, record back in 2018 and you're signed with uh, Bentley Records right now. Yeah, that's a newer development during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's pretty exciting to be able to finally say I have a label out of New York. Now, how do you, how do you f- create, how do you feel like, do you feel like you see a picture, uh, colors, or do you feel like you hear a sound? Do you, do you kind of write on the things that are going on with you right now? How do you, how do you come up with your inspiration? So I definitely see songs in color. I, I, I see color a lot. That's why I use a lot of lighting in my shows because that helps me kind of tell the story. And I also think it helps the audience transform a little bit. I um, hear vowel sounds a lot, like I said. So uh, when I'm writing something, I won't know exactly. I'll know the vibe and what it's making me feel like. And then I'll hear like an E or an O or an O. And I'll know that's the vowel I want to rhyme with or extend for longer notes. And then character. Um, My theater background definitely shows a lot. I don't like to write too personal. I do like to put myself in the song. But let's be real, that becomes difficult to sing all the time if it's too personal or if you grow and you realize this song is so old feeling-wise you don't want to sing it anymore. So I I try to write from a character standpoint or from a concept standpoint and tell a story. But in some ways, I mean... I think we all become a character to a certain degree, whether we're running a business or making music, you know, sometimes we don't always put our guard down to let people in to see who we truly, truly are. Um, And I think that sometimes like, I think that's the reason why I kind of do the podcasting a little bit because I get to share people with people like who I truly am as a, not just a business owner, because I can always be on business. I can always have the light turned on. Um, and for music, you are allowed to be that creative individual that a lot of people look at it. And I think that's the reason why people, not just because they love your music, but you, you transform and make people feel like I, you know, that's something I've always wanted to do. And you kind of do that for them, you know, from the, from the presence from your stage till now, you, you develop this character of who you are and people really get very involved in your stuff. And I think your music's incredible. You know? Thank you. So I, I, I really enjoy who you are as a person, but also as musically, you, you're just so natural at it. So um, what is your, what are you doing right now? Like, what are you, are you developing some new stuff or? Yeah. So I'm working in the studio right now. I have several songs that are finished. They're just waiting for the green light to be released. And I'm working on a lot of new stuff. I have to, have so with this label i have a certain requirement for how many songs and uh, albums i release a year so i'm working diligently to uh <laughs> that puts you on the spot a little bit when you yeah, have to just that. a bit yeah there's deadlines now and it's, <laughs> and it's a different kind of stress too because you know we're dealing we're kind of dealing with the i mean i'm not sure i didn't say dealing but the transitions that we're having to deal with with 2020 with the pandemic and COVID 19 how has that been affecting you? Meaning that you you're used to being on that stage creatively, you've not, you've had to kind of do this transition. How has that been for you? It's been double edged for sure. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I actually have a, a fear of performing live. 
Really? I yeah, that's why there's costumes and lights so that I can hide behind all the uh, the special effects. I and uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, because I can admit something, I'll admit something. Now you've admit that, right? I'll admit something. I am not good at being in front of the camera. It's um, stressful. I'm, I'm not a live. <laughs> I'm not a live video person. But put me behind the mic or the podcast, I am very comfortable. Um, some people are just so naturally at what they do. So I, I can understand that because that's very relatable. Yeah. So it, it's definitely a stressful thing. That's why a lot of the times the first couple of numbers, I like to make it darker and more fog. And then after about two or three songs in, I start breathing and I'm like, okay, this is good. We're good again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with fog. Right, we're gonna fog this place up. If <laughs> you've had to learn, like what you're, what you were capable of doing, could you imagine, like what did, what was the first performance for you, the very first time you ever performed? How was that for you? So the first time that I ever performed my own song in front of people, I am not going to lie, I was so drunk. At at 9.30 in the morning, I, yeah, (laughs) it was bad. It was at Hartzell Depot days, and it was the first time (laughs) that I ever performed Breathe Out in front of people, and it was the most nerve-wracking, exposing thing to be like, I wrote this song. In fact, I don't even think I said that I wrote it. I think I just kind of plopped it into a set in the middle of some covers and was like, yeah, here's another song. (laughs) <laughs> well you know that you know what they say right there's it's five o'clock somewhere so yeah. whether it was 9 30 in the morning it was five o'clock somebody somewhere, somewhere, somewhere it was <laughs> let's be real real hardcore party people probably were just getting to bed at that time so it's good yeah. yeah you were you're definitely on your moment but and that's that's good to get over your nerves even though you still i think everybody struggles with that every once in a while you know because right. we feel like we always know with social media. Come on. I mean, well, and now I feel really rehearsed. And so that was the biggest thing. Like it was so new and just like theater, I never had to get drunk, but it was because I was really well rehearsed. Yeah. And we did a lot of rehearsals and I did the show eight times a week. And now because I've done it for so long, I, I try not to have anything more than just one beer. Yeah. If anything before a show and just do some yoga and breathe into it. Cause I realized you've done this. You're good. Well, it's a difference between being on a stage with a lot of people that can cover your mistakes. Whereas you're up there by yourself and you know, you made a mistake, but maybe not. Most else. people probably won't. And that's the thing. Like You're good at covering that up. You have to cover it. And if it's not coverable, then you laugh at it. Like, <laughs> sure. I mean, I think, that, I think that's a big problem in today with what's going on we don't laugh enough um you gotta laugh yeah like, we, wow that was a horrible note that i just hit that's funny <laughs> horrible sound wow good, good thing i didn't loop that that's <laughs> um i have to say your performances i've not seen you live but i've actually watched some of you, a lot of your recordings um because by the time you perform i'm actually going to bed by the way uh, well, you know, one, so, day, one day I'll get earlier shows. <laughs> let the old people come to your show. With me. <laughs> um, but you're a great entertainer. It's it's like you command the stage. Like you know who you are when you walk up there, and everybody knows it. It's like it's well respected. It's called this um, is acting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think that's good, though. You, I mean, being that you had that background, if you didn't have that background, it'd probably be a little bit harder or a struggle for you, but not being in the music. Yeah. And so, yeah, so then, like, with the, the whole COVID, I, um, as much as I, I miss making money. So, like, as a musician, that's how we make money. We don't make it on streams or on album sales or anything of that nature. We make it from performing live. And so it's been kind of interesting to figure out how to adjust that, um, that transition. And that's been the most difficult part, I think. Yeah. For sure. Streaming, like the live streaming definitely was great. Especially at first people were feeling generous. And the first few times I did a live stream, I made, more than I would going to a bar and setting up for three hours and coming back and tearing down and driving and all that. And that was pretty cool. But with that being said, it was a positive too, because I've been trying to transition away from doing so many shows live, especially local shows Yeah. and doing more or doing less, but doing them better kind of mentality. Well, I think um, in some ways we need that. Um, you know, we can do things online. I think there, I think it's always been there because I've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, I think the hard part was the hard transition. It was like, you didn't have a choice. Whereas before we, people could make those choices that they wanted to go online or not. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, this is the hard choice right now. And you have to kind of redevelop your entire aspect of what your business is about. And even though you're trying to be creative, you got to figure out how to get that across on the camera. Which is completely different than live. (laughs) I've had to invest in some equipment in order to transition a little better for, for film. Cause that's, unfortunately I had that background as well, film and television. So I I knew how to adjust and, you know, it's all about the smaller choices and the smaller movements versus the big over the top dramatic. Yeah, and um, that with that being said, you you've actually performed in a lot of venues, and so with that, how, what other what, like what is your favorite venue that you've performed so far? Like being on stage. Oh my goodness! Uh, you have a couple that you really. I yeah, so I love I love Tangled Strings here in town. They're amazing, Danny. Yeah, he's wonderful, and the sound there's amazing. They really put thought and effort and a lot of detail into creating a wonderful environment. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really enjoyed performing at the princess theater just because I I grew up kind of performing there. So it was fun to go back and present my stuff versus performing terribly in a community theater version of Seussical where I can't really dance for real. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that was pretty fun. And then Let's see. I really, there's two more spaces. Um, the Fox in Atlanta. That wasn't for my own stuff, but that was just a really fun experience to be at the Fox. And then in Vegas, there's a place called Don't Tell Mama. And they have a white baby grand piano. And that was really fun to to get to sing there in front of a bunch of drunk people. <laughs> Do you feel like that in some ways you could be like the piano man? You know, the dueling pianos. and If I was a good pianist, yeah. <laughs> do you have a lot you still have a lot to learn do you feel like that you'll always continue to learn in this industry? i will always continue learning 
always uh yeah every day every day learn something new that's the goal otherwise just go ahead and die if you're not learning right and but i think a lot of people miss that point and they don't necessarily want to put the hard work in it they think it's just it'll just happen and which is probably a very small percentage but if you really want something you got to work really really hard for it yeah and and then when you're creative right whether, you know, I'm create, I'm creative and in an aspect of business aspect, and I'm always got to be on the, 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 the lights always got to be on mm-hmm. where you, you have that creative outlet by using that music that could, that's got to be, you always got to look for something that's going to inspire you to write the next song or write the, the next lyric or whatever it may be. So you've always got to have some sort of outlet, but if you don't continue your creativity and create and learning, then you tend to like, fade away, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what you want. So, I mean, you're a one man show and how does that make you feel? Do you, do you, you like collaborating with other people during the COVID? Have you actually been doing some of that too? Yeah, I've been. So writing is one of the things I love collaboration on writing, especially songs. Um, I mentioned earlier that I don't like writing too personal. I like writing personal enough for you, for me to be able to relate, because ultimately that's how other people will relate. But my goal is to have as many writers as possible to make the song as simplified and as broad as possible, so that more people can heal from it or experience it in a universal way. And I think that's where other writers coming in on board really help you get the point that you want to spread across. Because sometimes if it's in your head too long, it doesn't translate how you think it does. So I, I do. I love collaborating. Um, most of my music, I actually collaborate with Mally at EQ Labs. And we will go back and forth and I'll come up with something. He'll put it to a beat or he'll come up with a beat and then I'll add something to it. And then we just kind of go back and forth. And then I have several friends who are writers, um, lyricists. And so I, I collaborate with them as well to write. I don't mind having bands it's just they're really expensive and most venues don't pay enough for them yeah and do you feel like um in some ways do you feel like that does it take you if we start a song and you feel like that it's not naturally like that you have to just go you know what i'll put this one to the side for now or do you come back to it or sometimes i'll come back to it sometimes i'll just dissect it and use pieces that were working and write something else completely different Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one song I was writing right before COVID happened that was all about, it has like a tribal kind of beat and it was about a party and the desert and the song was called Paradise and post COVID in this time frame, I just started and it, it never finished. The song never completed itself. And it wasn't until COVID and the, the mentality of the song changed that it started kind of c- completing and developing into the song that it want it to be I guess yeah so you feel like that that mindset has to be in a, a certain place for you to be that creative outlet yeah I don't like and, to force it I just like to let it happen organically and luckily yeah. I have a job that lets me do that if I need to <laughs> um a lot of times people ask me you know how do you transition from this one website or this development to this development to this development I, I tell them that it has to naturally feel I can't force it. You know, it has to be natural. Um, so you guys, you got voted the best male act of 2018 in Huntsville. Yeah. 
that's incredible. And in such a short amount of time, look what you've accomplished. (laughs) You know, people would want to be in your shoes um, and know your secrets. So do you have any secrets you want to tell anybody? (laughs) (laughs) Does it feel on what kind of secret it might be? (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I mean, the biggest thing is just, I, I never turn off. Like, even when I'm at home, I'm constantly thinking about how to make shows better and bigger and more efficient. And Are you in the shower kind of guy when you're in the shower? Is, is that the moment where some, certain things do happen? Melodies do come out in the shower just because it's good acoustics. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I just kind of go. I'm, I'm grateful that my neighbors don't really care because I'm constantly creating and thinking and trying to come up with something. I did get headphones for Christmas. So I have been trying to be considerate and use those a little more frequently than the speakers. <laughs> well, that's good because, you know, you, you have to constantly be creative, but you know, um, this year alone, like streaming music has hit a high, you know, this year they're saying that what the revenue subscription increased by 70%. Do you feel like, that your streaming music this year is actually increased for you? I am embarrassed to say that I haven't looked at it. I can pull that up though. <laughs> Are you looking at it now? <laughs> I can. I can look at it right here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> it's not something I really concern myself with. I should. Um, so yeah, I would say that I haven't. I've definitely gained some folks. And let's see here. Nashville, Louisville, Birmingham, Knoxville, New York, LA. Was that Japan? So you've you've actually started growing your audience just this year on streaming, man. That's that's yeah, that's a huge. Well, then that the the story's true. I mean, we've been craving more online streaming than ever before. So. And it's interesting too because a lot of it's not Huntsville. A lot of my, at least on Spotify, I can't see iTunes, but on Spotify, most of my stuff is not Huntsville based as far as the main streamers. So that's interesting. So have you have you? So you've been. So of course you've been playing online. When's the last time you performed online right now? The last time I performed online was about a month ago. So about a month. And then I had well, and then I had one live show. I've been okay. doing uh, limited live shows in public and outdoor spaces and then doing mandatory 10 feet away from the stage, six feet away from each other, and really specific about my crew. My crew, they all wear masks and sanitize things. And so they've been really really helping. Does that make you feel like, even though you're performing live and you're in front of people, do you feel kind of like you still can't have that warm feeling of being over to be next to someone and, you know, be able to see and feel that what they do and enjoy. Do you feel, do you feel like it's still the same? To me, it is. I 
I've never been one to be too touchy, so it's actually been a blessing for me that I don't have to hug random people that I've never met. And that's not that I don't really appreciate the love, but like I, <laughs> I'm even though we gave virtual hugs just a while ago, so yeah, virtual hugs are fantastic, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I, I feel you. I think I understand. Like you know, even though I'm a southern girl, we like to hug people and. Mm-hmm. But we like to hug people we like. It's not like we just like to hug people. Yeah. Know? Well, and then like performing, you get a lot of people who feel like they know you because you they've seen you, and you've never seen them because they were trinkled into a sea of people, and so <laughs> they feel really really clingy and touchy after they've been drinking. <laughs> well, maybe because you make them feel connected, you know, with your music, and somehow they feel like they they know you from that when they don't really know you, even though, you know, so I can, <laughs> I can understand that. That's, that would be a little different. I would not want just anybody randomly hugging me either. So I, I got that, but knowing that fact you could just still now, right now get to go and perform live. That's probably been a bit, a bit of a relief for you because everything's been so locked up for a while. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a fantastic experience for sure. Do you feel like that your mental state was okay during that time? Or do you feel like there was some stresses in that? There was definitely stresses, uh, some uncomfortable feelings, but ultimately after about two or three weeks, it kind of mellowed out and, I don't know if it was because I got numb and tried to desensitize myself to it as a coping mechanism or if I really did get comfortable with it. But either way, it finally just kind of got comfortable. So are you an introvert, extrovert? Is that how you would say that? Yeah, I'm definitely an introvert, extrovert. Me too. I can, I like be, I can be extroverted when need be, but don't force me out too long without recharging. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's... Um... You know, I can only be around so many people for so long. And then after a while, I just need to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. when COVID happened and we were locked down, it was okay to be by myself. I can work that way because it was good. It was okay for me. But I think some people really did not transition well, you they know, not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um. Have you been figuring it out as you go right now? Or do you have a plan of action of like what you're going to be doing this year at the I end have, of this year? I have a plan of action for song releases. I don't have a plan of action quite yet for how that marketing, because usually you release something and then you go on tour with it. So I'm working with the, the label to see what that looks like with this. How do we release stuff more efficiently online? And still get the same results. Do you do you feel like that you want to put it off at some point? Like maybe just push it out a little bit further so that you feel like that you can release it and be able to perform? Or are you just going to have to follow what the label tells you? I have to follow what they tell me to do. Yeah. And that can be... And just adapt. And sometimes you find out some cool things in the process of adapting. Yeah. Sometimes we have to bend the rules a little bit, even though we don't really full, have full control you know, mm-hmm. over what we really want to do, but that's good. I'm glad that you're able to still be creative, you know, in the music industry. Um, so you've actually learned how to change how to move things because some people can't, you know, they don't know how to like with all that they they've been going on. They, they kind of stand still and don't move like we should, you know what I mean? Um, 
now, as far as like, have you been behind any kind of programs to help other people in the industry? I mean, helping to raise funds, awareness, you know, what have you been doing with that? Yeah. So there, so arts Huntsville has been doing an amazing job with helping musicians and artists in general. And there are several other via ASCAP, which is a, a writing union and been working with them. Um, just been kind of a sounding board and working with a couple of organizations that are looking into how to safely resume doing music again in live situations and just getting feedback from doctors and musicians and like, do you feel comfortable performing live? What kind of things as a musician would you like to feel safer going forward? So just kind of brainstorming with a bunch of people who are smarter than I am to figure out how we do this safely. So I mean that that that's good that you got involved and you just just you know said you know what I'm on my own you've you've actually helped others be aware that you guys are important too and that's good that you know we didn't just forget about you you know what I mean yeah music heals so we got to figure out how to to use it again especially now that we're all a little broken <laughs> yeah and you know we've got so many people that are just still you know, dealing with their mental, you know, mental capacity and what's going on with them. And they are not ones to always reach out and say, I need help. And I think music really, truly does transition us into thinking that we're not alone. And that's a good thing. You know, music is such an important part of our industry and that's so important for you guys. So I know that we're going to talk about rapid fire. This is a great way for people to know who you are Uh, i'm gonna ask questions and you get a chance to answer them i've been so anxious about this part all day (laughs) Uh, this is the fun part really you're like i talked business now i can have fun Um, so um just so you know, anybody that's not had a chance to go out and listen to his music, please do so because he's an incredible artist um, and an, an incredible person. Um, just, you know, take him, take a moment and go listen to what he, how creative he really truly is. So uh, rapid fire is the fun part, Remy. And I'm going to ask you questions. You have to answer as quick as can. No. <laughs> And, you know, if you've got questions, do you have any rapid fire questions for me? Did you, did you not prepare? Oh, was I supposed to prepare rapids for you as no, well? I'm, oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. All right. You're number one. Okay. Uh, if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? I would be a cardinal because I love their coloration. They can fly. And I feel like a lot of people associate them with good feelings and memories of people who have passed on to another spiritual life or whatever dogma you have for where people go when they're not here on this earth anymore. I believe that the Cardinals are definitely our memories of who we miss. So I love the Cardinals. I think they're a beautiful bird. Um, I don't even know what I would be. I think I'm, I still want to pick tiger. I think I want to be a tiger. Uh, What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? The strangest thing I've ever eaten. Oh my goodness. Uh, I don't even remember what it was. It was at a seafood restaurant in New York and it was really squishy. I don't. I, <laughs> I, I honestly, 
Maybe it was just really squishy, and I, I it, it was, it definitely moved a little bit, yeah. And I, I ate it and immediately spit it out. So does that count as of eating? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was, we'll we'll count. I it. attempted. I attempted to swallow because I was like, "This is rude." This it was a fancy place too, and I was like, "I can't, I can't do this." And it was a cloth napkin. It was bad. Yeah, bad sport. <laughs> You should have gulped it down and just made right. it up. <laughs> um, so where would you go if you were invisible? Ooh. Where would I go if I was invisible? Honestly, I think it would be really fun to go into the White House if I was invisible. And just really... <laughs> Just see, like, is it, tr- is it like, are we really being trolled? Is this a skit? Like, what's happening? <laughs> is it a movie? Is it is a, a movie? Are we characters? Is, is this actually an ABC reality show that's being produced and, like, it, the next election will be released that this was all some is sort of... controlling us all? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Invisibles, you know, I would just like to be, just just go anywhere I want and be invisible just right fbi agency Ooh. matter of fact you know it would be really cool just to go in people's houses to see if they're real (laughs) (laughs) are you real (laughs) Uh, one is real okay when i dance i look like what someone having some sort of a fit or (laughs) medical emergency Listen, (laughs) but I have a great time doing it. (laughs) Yeah, as long as you're in the mood and you're grooving along, who who really cares what you? (laughs) Um, my kids tell me I can't dance at all. So, in my head, I think in my head I'm like doing some Michael Jackson stuff. Yeah, I'm popping. (laughs) (laughs) Pop pop. Oh, maybe fine. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? What's the spectrum? Is like one cool or ten cool? I would say ten is cool. Ten is cool. I would say like a three point four and a half. Three point four and a half. Okay, I'm, I asked this question in another interview. You cannot do three and a half. Three and a half with another half. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. We're like, we got a lot of decimal spaces going there. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, <laughs> that's really low. I would think you're definitely a 10 out of 10. Oh, well, thank you. 10 cool, man. <laughs> uh, I thought you at least said 11. No, you know? I'm socially awkward and I say things I shouldn't all the time and laugh at funerals. That is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Sometimes we just say whatever's in our head and then we regret it later. Like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I don't usually regret it, but I usually will say in the moment, oh, shoot, that was supposed to be in my head. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. You get those awkward looks like, what? Right? Is he being funny? (laughs) I'm not laughing at this. Uh, How cruel are you? Um, If your plane was about to crash, who would you want to sit next to? Ooh, um, 
Maybe uh, the Lady Gaga. I feel like that would be a nice, like, can, can she serenade me and tell me everything's going to be okay? And hold your hand. Hold, hold my mama. hand and sing Come to Mama. Come to Mama. <laughs> can I sit with you in your lap? Maybe <laughs> my mama. Um, if you were a superhero, what would your powers be? Mind reading. Mind reading? Mm-hmm. Huh. I just want to shoot lasers out of my eyes. Ooh, that'd be dangerous, though. But camping would be great. You could start the fires and, like, yes. if there's a bear. There's a multi-purpose. Multi-purpose, yeah. Um, so, and then I can, you know, not like people and sh- sh- done. <laughs> Especially our drivers here in I know. Every time I talk on the phone that I'm driving, I at least two or three times we'll scream on the phone. You blinka, turn on your blinka. <laughs> I'm always honk honk. <laughs> what are you doing? If you could teleport, where would you go and why? If I could teleport, where would I go? Could be anywhere. Where would you teleport? Anywhere. Um I think it would be really cool to go to Mars if I could teleport. Is breathing a thing? Like, can I, if I'm teleporting, I probably have all sorts of powers. So I could breathe to, in Mars. I just think it would be really cool. Or maybe like an, to a black hole, teleport into a black no. hole. That'd be fun. You just want to planet hop is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. planet hop would be fun. I like planet that. Hop. Planet hopping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, why not? Um, if you've got the teleport capability, you know, just go wherever you want. Right. Um, what did you eat for breakfast? Did I eat breakfast today? I don't think I ate breakfast today. I drank water for breakfast. Is that is that normal? I I forget to eat a lot, and then I'm immediately waking up, thinking to myself. When I say wake up, I've been awake, but it's just like an instant. Oh my god, I need food. Yeah. Are you like that food. Person? Food. food at nine ten o'clock? <laughs> Hungry? Yeah. You get hangry? What's the word hangry? I, I don't get hangry, but I get sleepy. I get kind of just tired and low energy, and then boom, happy and giggling. Maybe a little hangry. I get um, a little hangry. Now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Have <a> Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> well, Remy, it's such a pleasure. Thank um, you. I think that we should do another one of these pretty soon. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, especially when your music is released. I want to I want to yeah. be I do a podcast with you and I want you to serenade me. You <laughs> Maybe part of the podcast you can sing one of your newer songs for us. That'd be fun. But thank you, Remy. Thank you for um, having me. Yes, I loved it. Thank you. It's such an honor that you decided to join me on my podcast. So um, I love it. So um, I know that things have with the transitions and all the things that that happened at the beginning of the year, it, you look great. So um, I'm happy for you. I'm glad that things are moving along for you. So congratulations. On thank that. you. Um, so thank you. And thank you for those who are listening today on how COVID-19 is affecting the music industry. As you can see, Remy is still going 90 miles an hour and he's doing great. So thank you. And see you the next time on our coffee and hustle podcast. <laughs>